Champagne Soccer, we back. It's the International Week. So things are moving a little slower, but there's still a lot to talk about. Ephraim, Anthony, how you guys doing, man? Good, Dan. How about, how about yourself? I can't complain. You know, Ghana's about to play the U.S., so that should be interesting. Uh, Ephraim, you have any thoughts about this matchup? You know, it's a rivalry, if you must say. Ghana played the U.S. in three straight World Cups from 2006 to 2014. Ghana won two of those matches. The U.S. won one. They both missed out on the 2018 World Cup. Came back in the 2022 World Cup. Ghana couldn't get out the group stage. The U.S. did, but fell to the Netherlands in the round of 16. How do you see this match, and where do you see the state of the national team right now for the U.S.? Well, first let me ask you a quick question. Are you now a U.S. fan, or, or are you still sticking with Ghana? Hey, I know man, you was like, man. the corruption hey. might be getting to you with Ghana, so... Where you? Where's your stance, real quick? Hey man, I stuffed the bang with Ghana, man. You and this Musa talking about this game is personal to me. I got all my family. I was like, man, I forgot you're a double agent. Should be playing <laughs> for Ghana, but you play for the U.S. So that got me mad all over again. But hey, I'll tell you the truth, the I can't even hold you. <laughs> Playing football manager has ruined my view of the Ghana national team because I know how to recruit better than they do. I've seen they got. Uh, guys that like Steven Ambrosius, he was a good young center back that played for Hamburg. They had him playing DM against Mexico. We have a 6'5 center back, Patrick Pfeiffer, that we don't even use. There's a lot of talent that Ghana isn't utilizing. So when I see the real lineups, Anthony Ephraim, I get confused. I'm like, hey, man, where, where's my boy from the Netherlands? Y'all can't convince him to switch over? Why is... Why is Jeremy Frimpong one of the standout players for Bayer Leverkusen and we never picked him up and he just got called up to the Netherlands. So when I see the guy in the national team, I'm like, hey, man, it's a lot of underachieving going on. And maybe maybe in the future, I will lean more to the U.S. But right now, I, I still I still got to still got to be a Black Star fan only. I don't know, man. Greg Berhalter. And that Gio Rania stuff is funny, man. And it, and it though, I see he started him at midfield uh, the last match, and he's starting him at midfield again. So the starting 11 just came out. So I'll read it off real quick. Matt Turner still in goal. Serginio Des, Chris Richards, Eunice uh, uh, Musa, Gio Reyna, uh Christian Pulisic, of course, uh, Miles Robinson, Johnny Cordoso, Portland uh, Belagoon, Tim Weah, and uh, Christopher Lund. So that's the starting eleven for the U.S. tonight. Um, against Ghana, and then um, I don't see Ghana's unfortunately because I'm on the U.S. website. So sorry. Yeah, um, don't worry about it. They don't have the start but, uh, of themselves. Okay, they still they trying to hide it like they they doing something. Because right, I just right. went on Ghana's uh, official Twitter page to see if they dropping the lineup. Nope, not yet. Yeah, it's wild. Like I'm only seeing the US is online right now. So anyway, uh yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I it's interesting you call it a robbery. I, I was about to start to say the same thing to you when we first started this. Like uh, it feels almost like it's a robbery of uh, the last few matches they played against each other. Um 
U.S. Uh, look, man, like I, like I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've been out on Greg Bullhalter already in the, since the World Cup. So I thought that was a debacle. I'm, I'm, I'm still shaking my head at them, them hiring him back. But hey, it is what it is. You got to deal with it. it. Ain't no turning back now. So, um, I look, I, I don't know, man. I thought we was off and flying against Germany. Um, you watch the match and you and you look at how. You know, first of all, Germany started bossing the game more. And then it just looks like we're not really confident in defense. I don't know if I like, personally, I don't know if I like uh, Musa as a defensive midfielder, like at the sixth role. I know Tyler Adams is out, obviously. Maybe he's the best, next best one to go there. But I don't know if I like him there, though. I don't know if I like him in the U.S. system uh, playing a defensive midfield. I hear you, from um, It's not often that you see a guy that, also plays on the wing, play defensive midfield. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like certain players are very versatile, but that's a heck of a a move to make, right? So I get what you're saying like not attacking to the defense, but um, you know, it looked like like I said, it looked like we were starting off nice, but it looked like we got a lot of chances in the first half because Germany Germany just started you know taking shots on goal. With yeah. going to get, I think scored the first goal. The yep. next thing you know. Uh, who I forgot who it was for the second. Uh, I think Cole it was Krug. yeah, yeah, thank you. And so, yeah, man, like I, the last ditch defending, you know, couldn't get second chance balls well. Um, you know, couldn't you know maintain a possession didn't look the best. You know, like I said, the second half was just a completely different half. It, it looked like to me. So, I don't know, man. I. It's a friendly. I'm not really gonna take too much out of it, but I think we still got we still got some work to do. Obviously, you know we relying on people like uh, who started in the back four. Uh, uh, was it Tim Ream uh, that started last time? Like, or was it um? I can't remember who was in the back four, but we rely on these old defenders and and I don't know, man. I I just don't know if we're there yet. I'm I'm starting to get a little concerned about like where our direction is. Yeah, y'all had oh, Tim Ream and Chris Richards as your starting uh, center back pairing against Germany. Sergino Dest was at left back and Scally was at right back. Tim Ream is 36, bro. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I, like, no offense to the, like, come on. I know Johnny Boy, Evans is playing Manchester United at 35, but this is different, man. Like, come on, man. Cristiano's still bagging goals at 38, man. 37, yeah, but, 38, man. Hey, come on, man. So anyway, long story short, I, I I don't know where I stand with the U.S. right now. I'm kind of in the middle. I look, I'm going to support them obviously, but I'm just not. I'm just not convinced that they know what they're doing right now. I hear that, uh, Anthony. I saw this article on ESPN FC written by Jeff Carlisle, their U.S. soccer correspondent, and this is the headline. U.S. men's national team has Adams shaped hole in midfield. No one to fill it. Now, like Ephraim said, Greg Berhalter tried to play Eunice Musa in the DM role. It didn't work. Uh, you know, Tyler Adams, you affectionately call Mighty Mouse. How do you feel that the U.S. has no cover for him? Man. I had to tame my wit to not say that <laughs> hole is only so big, but here I just I just said it, so take it as you will. 
Um, I hope, I hope, uh, I don't know who else we got. Hey, Whoa. <laughs> you know how I make that joke, you know, you know, how I make them jokes about uh, playing Rainier, um, at left back. He it may, he may need to turn into Bernardo Silva and play at that, uh, defensive midfield and, um, that that role for us but other than that Tyler Adams just need to come back man I got nothing for it <laughs> we gotta holler at some scouts so yeah that's, they that's tried it. um they tried Weston McKinney over there too it didn't really look that good um it's interesting nah, he's you know? more of a he's yeah. more like a box to box yeah, he's player. a box to box yeah yeah, yeah. They ain't no defensive guys man <laughs> yeah nah <laughs> like come on man like we that's why I think he struggled. May at, just uh, have to go. Du- may just have to go double pivot. Tyler Adams yeah. may be that uh, necessary that they have to switch to a double pivot formation. Yeah, um, they played four three three against they, Germany, so maybe yeah, four two three one. Yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. that. Um, uh, Ghana in their last match they played Mexico wasn't even close. They lost two nil. Chucky Lozano scored the first goal in the 57th minute, a blunder by our goalkeeper, uh, Ziggy. Second goal by Atuna in the 72nd minute. Um, Ghana played in a 4-2-3-1. Their double pivot, like I said, was with Steven Ambrosius, a guy that's normally a center back with Thomas Partey, who really didn't do much and then got a little banged up. Joseph Idu. Also got a little banged up. He plays for Celta Vigo in Spain. Um, with Ghana, we have an issue with finding the right balance in the team. You see that we always try to play through Thomas Partey and Mohamed Kudus, but teams know that those are only creative outlets. So they're going to press them heavy. They're going to mark them heavy. And then we have to try to take advantage of this space on the flanks. But the issue with Ghana's national team is that we have a lot of attacking talent, but they're young and underdeveloped, like Ernest Normois. I think he's going to be a baller for us. He plays for Lyon. I shouted him out for my champagne goal of the week recently. I think he needs to, once he gets to that level where he's playing week in, week out, and we have another outlet, maybe we can do something. I really like Abdul Samed, I think he should be starting next to Thomas Partey. He plays very well for uh, Lyon, or excuse me, Lens uh, in France. They're a Champions League side. They're one of the team. They're the team that smacked up Arsenal in the Champions League. So I understand, you know, Chris Hughton, It's a friendly. You trying to test things out, but we have a lot of talent that he's not calling up and giving a chance to. I don't know why Ransford, yeah, Boakongis Dorford doesn't get more chances. He's a young, exciting attacker that was balling for Hamburg last season. So um, we'll see how the matches uh, line up. But Ephraim, you said the Ghana's lineup is out? Yeah, and real quick to Anthony. Look, so this may not be the case, but one of the lineups I'm looking at that the U.S. just put out, to your point, is a double pivot. So it may end up being a four, two, three, one, depending on like, but it could change. Obviously we know how that go. Right. It, it's just yep. on paper. It looks like right now. So, but um, yeah, the Ghana lineup, lineup is out. All right. Let me try to see if I can find it. Uh, or you could read it if you like it. Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah. So forgive me. 
MJ, if you if you know how to pronounce these names better than I can, please help me out with this. All right, All right so in gold, uh, Narudin. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, then Opaku, uh, two Opakus, one and oh man, lord, uh, both of them are playing Nicholas Opoku. Oh lord, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Seydoux, hey, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you say, do okay, he's a he's a blockbuster that was tricking things off in the world cup. Okay, all right, uh, Mensa playing left back. Oh, uh, Gideon Mensa, I like him, yeah, Addo. Playing Sorry. one of the pivots. Oh, Edmund Addo, okay. Yeah, yeah, then of course Partey playing. Oh uh, man, sit that nigga <laughs> down. Uh. All right, then you got old Nico Williams on the uh no Inaki Williams, excuse me. On yeah, the, I uh, wish it was Nico. Don't trick me, Messi. Yeah, you this got is it. what I'm talking about. He from in football manager. Nico plays for me, okay. You know, he's Spanish. Me. He's Spanish in real yeah, life. Exactly. In real life, he's a Spaniard, but Anthony. When I when I talk to him in football manager, he says Aquaba, he's coming. Yeah. Hey, hey. 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 That's tight. And then you got Kudus, looks like he in the uh the 10 roll mm -hmm. uh uh still. Oh Joseph. Am I saying the right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's on the right wing on the left wing, excuse me. And then uh, of course uh Ayu is up front. Yeah, Jordan. No yeah, okay. So once again, like I said, Ransford don't get a chance. <laughs> don't start earnest. Yeah, see, I just was saying give play to young niggas, man. Don't want to play the kids. So hey, all right. Um, yeah, four, two, three, one. Um, I remember shout out, <laughs> shout out my homie Douglas. I was talking about uh Joseph Wellacott, one of our goalkeepers that um we convinced he's I believe half British, half Ghanaian. We convinced him to play for Ghana, and I thought, hey, man, give him another chance. But Douglas said, that boy is terrible. He said, every time he's getting out the box for a corner, he's panicking. He said he never seen a brother so shaky when he's seen a corner coming in his life. He said, man, get that brother off the pitch. <laughs> so, hey, man, I guess um, Nurfin, he's a solid guy. Um, I think with him... It's more so with commanding the space because y'all know, like, at least with the U.S. national team, you have consistency in the back line. You know, like, even like you mentioned, he from Tim Reams, old as hell, but at least he knows how to move. Chris Richards, Des, they've been there for years, so at least they have some form of consistency. While with Ghana, it's always random. We know our two best center backs are uh, Mohamed Salisu and Alexander Jiku, but they keep doing this experiment with the fullbacks. I think Gideon Mensa is our best left back. Tariq Lamte is supposed to be our best right back, but hey, man, Claytis, that midget mech boy, hey, I see why y'all sold him, man. But uh, welcome, Marcus and Claytis, to the show. We were talking about uh, the U.S. versus Ghana starts in about 40 minutes. Marcus, what's your thoughts on uh, the match? It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, by the way. Um, F the volunteers. You know how that go. Um, I don't know who Christoph Lund is, but um, the lineup in the Cardoza, I think he an MLS guy. But outside that, I'm cool with the lineup. I kind of want to see um, – the one that's in the Bundesliga, what is his name? Scaly, Joe Scaly, a little bit more, because he don't really get no work. Um, 
But blonde Gio Reyna, bro, it's on another level. And Milan Pulisic, he he on the flow right now. So if we can get Balagon going, I think it'll be a hot match because um last time we watched Ghana, bro, it was kind of open. I think you would agree with that. <clears throat> but they just couldn't finish. So it ended up being like when the second half when we start seeing the goals, but um what what is the gonna line up strong or is are is they are they trying out players? We don't got nothing strong right now, man. We oh, like tryout season. We like we like a brother that needs a blue pill. All right, <laughs> hey man, it's hard. We got to manufacture this. Sometimes you don't have the heat, man. We don't have it right now. All right, Ghana, we at the weakest we've ever been. I think talent wise, you could argue. So yeah, it ain't really looking good for us because. Growing up, we never had to look for, oh, man, where are our European Ghanaians? Where are our American Ghanaians? Now we got to twerk for the for the niggas overseas because our homegrown talent ain't as good as it used to be. I mean, we twerking for Mexicans, bro. You know, that's the U.S. lifestyle. You're always going to have to do that for talent because, you know, soccer isn't the priority in America. So going to have to go get those kids that soccer is their life. Like Eunice Musa, like Balogun. You know, like this. <laughs> oh, I got one more thing too. Um, the problem right now with the US, no Tyler Adams, and they got Musa trying to play DM. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's not a good look. Like when we played, I don't know if y'all touched on it. When we played Germany first half, it was cool because he was getting help from Weston. But second half, his first touch, it's kind of like how we were talking about with uh, my Liverpool players. They not made for that shit. That that first touch in close when somebody putting heat on you, he not made for that. Like he was trying to do tricks and stuff. And then like the second half, that's when you start saying uh Musiala start pressing them and getting the ball from them and being able to make the runs and stuff like that. So I'm not liking that experiment. We need to, that's what I, I thought about too. We need to grow a DM, like a backup behind Tyler Tyler going into this world cup because if not we're gonna be looking slim out here bro um but yeah we i think that, again this is tryout season and this is what this is bar hall to second stint and he already started it what oh and one it's not a good look bro but yeah let's see how it go my boy miles austin in that lineup bro hey man you said miles austin the wide receiver hey man he's not nah, miles excuse me miles robinson shit. i'm about to say hey man i was like, hey man that's a blast from the past Hey man, what's going on, Claytis? How you living, man? Now you know I, I ain't been doing nothing for the past three weeks. Just been vibing, gym, five gyms, you know. Uh, yeah, hey man, that's another story for another day, man. I mean, you're gonna, I mean, you already know you missed the bounce back, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. you already know. But uh, yeah, man, uh. Let's talk about your national team. Even though you are Togolese man, born and raised, you immigrated to the U.S. as a young man, but you have a special place in your heart for the German national team. Now, there you go. Now, the first, uh, they beat the U.S. 3-1. How did you feel about that match and the direction that they're going in, if, if you saw anything different? Um, one thing I'll say, I, the, the team is adapting to Julian's method very quickly. 
And I think the benefit of that is, you know, most of the guys played with him at Bayern Munich or he's worked with some at Leipzig. Uh, so it's not a hard, you know, adaptation for them. But I see that we're a lot more free-flowing in our attack. Um, having Musiala and Sané playing on that wing, being able to, like, come inside and create space for those overlap uh, wingbacks. You know, so I'm seeing a lot of positivity within the team. Um, Julian also spoke to having consistency within, like, the starting 11. And that's something that Germany hasn't had in a while with, you know, leaving the the World Cup early in the group stages, getting knocked out in the Euros early. They haven't really been able to put out a strong team and play consistently. So one thing he's trying to like get back to having a strong starting lineup. Uh, today's lineup, there is a little bit of rotation, but again, it's the same guys in attack. So I'm glad to see that. And I think um, they're off to a good track. You know, they started at the game down 1-0 by the USA, but they came back to win it 3-1. And that's the first time I think a German's coach um, has came back from a defeat to win a game, I think, like in 70 years. So, you know, positive, positive all around. I feel like, you know, we're we're going to hit the stride, especially in this game. It's going to be very challenging playing Mexico since they play it with a lot of like up tempo. That's something that Germany has to like get used to since we don't have Kimmich to kind of dictate the play. But I think uh, the game with the USA was very positive all around especially since we missed a lot of key players, but it was a good game. For sure. And y'all play Mexico. The game starts in three minutes. I'm looking at y'all starting lineup and it looks y'all like a, they're going with the four, two, three, one. The front four is Thomas Muller at the nine, Musiala at the 10, Sané on the left wing and Wirtz on the right wing, a double pivot of uh, Gundogan and Grobe. Yeah. Back four of Rosens at left back, Rudiger and Sules the center back pairing, and Jonathan Todd the fridge at right back. Well, what do you think about that? I think he's just trying to give him more PT, trying to find ways to incorporate him into the team, because normally the center back option is going to be Rudiger and Hummels. Um, yeah, Sule may get a sniff, Ta may get a sniff, but between them two, like they have to like kind of fight it out between Sule and Ta. Um, but I also want to point out something. Um, Julian spoke to where like he's trying to get um Jamal and uh Julian Vitz to like kind of play together a lot more. And it's gonna be challenging to see how that works because they both kind of like like to roam around. Yeah. But it kind of worked. But, you know, you also got to think once Kimmich gets healthy and like Goreska is healthy as well, you know, there's going to be a lot of like, you know, I don't want to say his name. Warner, right. Yeah. I wasn't going to, I was like, I don't want to say his name in a negative way, but like Kai is also someone that plays in that position. So there's going to be a lot of competition between, um, between Vitz and, and, um, and Kai, as well as, you know, Kimmich, because it's like, who else is going to play with, with uh, Musiala? You know, hey Clay, who is you gonna speak on number ten, bro? That boy yeah, was that, that, trash. This that was losing the ball a lot. Yeah, he's not trash, but I, it's also because he has <laughs> played with a national team on a consistent level. I think it's probably like his like fourth, like fifth call up, and probably like his second start. So he's not he's like kind of getting integrated into the team, and plus he hasn't played with Julian before, so all this is kind of new to him. But I have faith in him, bro. Where's Brent? That boy been having a I mean, hot season. Not, no, no, no. He's having a hot no, season. No, no, I'm sorry, bro. He's he's going to be on the bench like he was against USA. He's always on the bench. He's on the bench. He's going to stay on the bench. Yeah, he's he 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 a player for the national team. 
<laughs> over Gundogan? He's not starting over Gundogan. Yeah. He's not starting over a lot of people. Yeah. Bruh, over that brother that was on number 10, he should have started. He would have did the same shit. No, lose no, the ball. No, sir. No, sir. You, you got you to gotta let that game go. And you got to watch him at Leverkusen and really watch him. like Because that boy is special. He, he's special. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, Wirtz has been balling this season. Uh, Julian Brandt's been playing pretty well for Bayern, too. He has, or yeah, for Dortmund, excuse me. He has uh, two goals, four assists, and seven matches. He's been their creative fulcrum now, you know? So I hear Marcus's point. But, uh, hey, uh, let's talk about a, a national team that none of us have any, you know, personal fandom behind but they're on the spotlight because they have two talented players in Erling Haaland and Martin Odegaard the Norwegian national team they haven't qualified for a major tournament since Euro 2000 by the way Erling Haaland wasn't even alive when they qualified okay let's you know how long ago that was if Erling Haaland was an African <laughs> that boy would not have played for Norway we know the truth if he was an African, that boy would have kept his nationality open. He would be playing for England right now. Instead, you know, he wants to play for the homeland of his family, and he's suffering for that. He's played 28 matches for his country. He scored 27 goals, and it's still not enough. They lost 1-0 to Spain recently, and now they have to go to the playoffs to qualify for Euro 24s. Uh, Anthony, how do you feel about Erlen Holland and Odegaard's situation with the Norwegian national team? Because those are the only boys we really know on that team. I actually, my bad, Anthony, you already know they got your boy Oscar Bob too. So, how do you see yeah. the Norwegian national team? Hey, man, I um, I attest this uh viewpoint to you and how you bring up Wales and what Gareth Bale was able to do. And uh, I don't think there's any excuse I can come come up with with Erling Holland and Odegaard on a squad to at least not qualify for for the Euros. Um, I think that's what uh, any team would wish they had, or any nation is like a, a up and coming world class striker or a world class striker and a great midfielder or a, a good midfielder at least playmaker um, in one of the top leagues in the world. Uh, so I think they should at least they, they could do better, man. Um, it sucks to say, but I, it's always it's always at least four other guys is there to do a job and one star player, or depending on what sport you're, you know, what I'm saying ten other guys and one star player. They got two two guys and and nine other just players. So they they're pretty good, man. That they should they should do something with that. I believe. For sure. Now in Group A, Cletus, they were with Spain, Scotland, Georgia, and Cyprus. Scotland finished second with 15 points. Spain finished first with 15 points. Scotland was being carried by Scott McTominay. Is it acceptable to finish third in a group when Scotland <laughs> is getting carried by Scott McTominay? That that's that's ugly. That's that's really because he's their top scorer right now too. So and what's ugly is Andy got hurt in the first game. So he had no creativity, but he's still a top scorer 
for Scotland and Erlen Holland can't drag Norway to to the Euros? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, technically, they still can go through if they win the playoffs. Playoff? As of now, yeah, they're not in. Hey, hey, I said it in the chat, bro. And I'm going to say it because I like when he said two players on the team. Hungry about to secure a spot next month. They second in their in they group. And the only players on that team that's worth talent is Dominic Sabasa and Orban. And I don't even know if Will Orban is a starter. Okay? So the Holland shit, is he's looking really, really suspect. I mean, Odegaard has never been a successful nigga. Look at why he had to get up out of Real Madrid. I mean, but Holland, you got, uh, what is that? You got in trouble, bro. I, I just don't understand, man. I might have to join that clay bandwagon, bro. Hey, man, I'm, I'm sending you your, your onboarding material soon enough, man. The merch <laughs> and all of that coming soon, man. Because the way I look at it, we keep trying to create this debate between Mbappe and Holland. But then, like, when it comes to the international stage, you know, it's really... place for France. Hold, hold on, on bro. Now. And let me say hold, this. Hold, hold, no, 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 no. Hold, hold on. I'm going to just on. read this. I'll let you continue. I just want to read this because we laughing at Scotland. I know way more niggas on the Scottish national team. I know McGinn. I know Andy Robertson. I know Aaron Hickey. I know Andis Gunn. I know Che Adams. I know Billy Gilmore. They got a lot of boys I know. I know Lewis Ferguson. Like I said, hey, man, name five niggas on the Norwegian national team. You can't do it. So even look at the Wales national team. When they were qualifying for Euros, I know them niggas, man. I knew uh, what's my man. They had the captain of Leicester, the center back. He was there. They had your man, uh, Cletus, the fucking uh chelsea flop that never plays my man had dreads the half Ghanaian kid <laughs> i don't oh, know why i'm what's his name i, I know who you're talking about i don't, I don't know saying, they had niggas we knew man <laughs> aaron ramsey was balling out of control hey hey hey, hey. go ahead Joshua king sander bird mm. we know these fellas i know bird who's the other one joshua king yeah, bro, they got like guy. three or four players that are in the Premier League the and Berlin like one guy. that plays in the Bundesliga, bro. It's not like they're all flops. But my thing is, you know. Who's the coach of the, of the Norwegian national team? Do we know the boy? That's what I'm saying. We keep we only know Holland and Odegaard, so they're going to get the blame. Who Who is who's setting the tactics? I, I probably probably might be Erling uh, Sr. Nah, let's see. Head coach, <laughs> Stale Solbakken. My man is 55, former midfielder. Who are you? It looks like he was on the team that qualified for the last <laughs> international tournament. He was on, uh, or he played in 2000 for Norway, uh, you know. As a coach, it looks like he's won stuff for Copenhagen. Looks like he won Norwegian midfielder of the year a couple times, but Wikipedia said they need their citation. <laughs> they don't even know if it's real or not, so... Go ahead, Clay. This my bad. And go continue your rant. Nah, but I'm gonna say I feel like as much as we try to create the rivalry between Holland and Killian is like, yes, I understand Killian plays for France and Erland plays for Norway. But my thing is, is like I don't see that spark or like that hunger, like wanting to drag Norway through the line. Even if you don't get them through the cross line, is like I don't see like anything in the game that tells me. 
Holland is hungry to take his country to a national tournament. Like you look at the stats, it's like if he's not scoring goals, it's is weak touches, five touches, three passes. Is the numbers don't look good. And then you know you have somebody like Cristiano, where every time you know they weren't going to make the Euros, they only have eight points, nine points. They're not going. They got to go through the group stages. Like you've seen the guy drag the team through all the way to the yeah to but the... you just made the same point no you made the same hold point on. in 2014 hold on, hold on. portugal didn't qualify for euros until they went to the playoffs so it's the same thing if yes Erlen yes but, that, but playoff, that's what i'm also trying to point out is that even if that, that was nigga, portugal had way more talent and they were still bumbling fumbling and stumbling and we're going to talk about cristiano in a few seconds go ahead but at the end of the day it's like i don't it doesn't matter about like i'm not focusing on the talent on your team or whatnot but it's like i want to see more hunger from him like display showing that yeah i really want this i'm really trying to achieve this next level i really want to be that guy in in football right now but I don't really see that scene more so like he's content with just being the top scorer. You know, if he gets his touches, gets his, his, you know, like his plays, but I just don't see the hunger of him wanting to go the extra mile. And that's what I think is missing from his portfolio. Like if you was to give me a game where let's say they're going to play off and they're like down two nil, like I'm expecting Erlen Holland to score five goals. I'm expecting you to score four or five goals to drag your team to the, to the final of the tournament. That's just what I'm expecting from somebody that's deemed to be the next guy in football. I look at it like this. Mbappe and Holland ain't nowhere near Messi. Maybe they're more Cristiano kids. And that's why I always mention you're always as good as your influences because you can say Cristiano this, Cristiano that. All of y'all, take turns. Name me times Cristiano influenced games outside of scoring a goal. Anybody can start because that's the point. He's not messy. Cristiano was not messy creating chances for his teammates, finding passes out of nowhere, dribbling and sacrificing himself to make other people available. It was always about what can you do to get him to score? And we didn't have a problem with it because we liked his celebrations. We liked his dancing. We liked how cool I guess he is to the young niggas. Now, when Mbappe plays for France, all he does is score. Even me, I have I have to back up my Mbappe love. Y'all know that. When you watch, I watched it a couple weeks ago with Douglas, my homie. When you watch the 2022 World Cup final, Mbappe did nothing for 79 minutes. He just walked until he made his chances. He scored the goals, and we liked it. They lost. So how come when how come when Holland only scores goals, we get mad, but when Cristiano did it, Mbappe does it. We love it, even when they lose. My thing is, I don't see that from Holland when it matters the most. That's my my biggest issue. Like, not a, yeah, I don't. I take that back. Not an issue with him, but it's like and name me name me other times Cristiano influenced the game when he didn't score. Tell me that too, because you're the historian. I'm pretty sure my man's had an assist against the Bayern Munich in that in that ugly. You offside. mean the offside one, the offside controversy? Yeah, those, those yeah, both, yeah. Both, 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 both of those times, bro. He's he had an assist. I'm not gonna take that away. Wow, from he hadn't. We don't even know if it was. We don't even know if it was real or not. You just saying, I think. Yes, yeah, I'm saying. No, 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 no. We played too late. Nothing memorable about it. No, 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 no. We've played Madrid twice, where yes, he had an assist. 
and he also scored the offside goals. But I'm not going to take that away from him. You you can, but I'm not. But what I'm saying is what separates Haaland or doesn't put him in the same category as like the Mbappes and the Ronaldo goal scorers is that they score the goals when it matters the most. Like, yes, French was down 2 0, whatever. How can you say they scored? Oh, no, no, no. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you no, say no, that talent? Hold on. You have to listen wouldn't to you say the goals. That talent. The man has scored. No, no, no. Hold on. You have to listen to yourself speak because you said those guys score goals when it counts. Erlen Holland has played 28 times for his country, scored 27 goals. So when does he not score when hold it on, counts? But, Just Saturday against no, Spain? On. So, so then why is it so if you scored those 28 games in those 28 games, why is it so they're still having to go through a playoff round? Because when Portugal are those goals that he scored, are those didn't even play? You know, got that goals that he's scoring dragging them to a to a tournament. It's not, is it? No, but that's my that's our point. It's about the team, right? Who's feeding them the goals? Team, they had talent. They had Pepe at center back. They had uh Nune, uh what's it called? I'm drawing blanks. Nani at midfield. They had a whole record. Man, Nani was huff, man. What was yeah, Nani doing? He's way better than Barge. Stop you talking it. about Barge and the boy Stop from it. Berlin? What are you talking about? Stop it. Talk about it. what what contribution did Nani have in that in that Euros win? What or, contribution does Barge and the and the Berlin boy have for Norway when you watch them play? What do they do? I mean, bro, that's on them. I'm, I don't, I don't watch Norway because they don't give me anything. But when I watch so Norway, you don't I'm watch Norway, but you know how they do nothing I'm in looking games, Norway right? because the so world is telling them, me. Hold on, that you this don't watch guy, them play. He scores every game, but it's still his fault. No, I'm getting what I'm saying is you're telling me that this guy is the next guy in football. So yes, if I'm watching you, I'm gonna expect goals that are gonna be dragging your team to a tournament. And again, that has not happened. So we could keep saying they don't have a good team, they don't have good players, da 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 da. But at the end of the day, your job when you're considered one of the greats or you know a talented to be a great is to drag your team across the line when you don't have all the best pieces. Like then you can't tell me like how many no say so tell me all the all time great players that drag the same level of talent that Holland and Odegaard have to play with. Tell me then, because I already said Wales in 2016. Had way more talent than them. We already know Portugal has way more talent than them. Name the niggas oh, that, oh, huff, so that so we've seen. So you're saying because, because even Iceland, when Iceland balled in Euros, we don't know anybody on the Iceland team. But guess what? They went to they went, right? They went, right? Yeah, they went. And then what? And then yeah, then they disappeared. Right, they, they went, right? But that's they the went, point. Right? Norway can still so, qualify. It's not over. All right, okay. All right. So we will see. We'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt that. They're going to go through the playoff round and win and qualify for the Euros. I'm going to shut up and we're going to get there. Hey, I, I got not, one team. If he does not, team, if they do not get there, that's going to be another tournament that he has not participated in. So, like, again, what, where are we going to draw the line? Is it because the country doesn't develop good players, so we're not going to view Eric Holland and, um, and Odegaard as, you know, top talent because they can't play on a, on a big stage? Like, it just... It sounds like we're making excuses. At the end of the day, like if, if Mbappe was on a France team and he was not dragging them to a Euros or to a World Cup, we're gonna be like, You're you're a flop, or you're not that guy, or you're just you're a great talent, but you're not really him. 
Hey, we know the truth. I have to be honest too. Antoine Griezmann is the most influential team on the front, on most influential. Yeah, we're not. We are. We are national we are. team. He is. He does more. That's what I'm saying. We all, we all know that. Already. If you're going by Cletus's logic, influence, influence, who does more to make a team win? Griezmann does way more. So Anthony, yeah, should we be looking at Martin Odegaard as the captain, as the creator. What the hell does Martin Odegaard do? How come he gets to walk away with stuff? Do you do you think Austria got more talent than um no no hell yeah what it's not even close what they have way more talent hey bro it's only three dudes on that that I might think play outside of Europe I they mean, have way more talent they have Champions League players outside of Holland and oh they have Kevin Danso Kevin Danso's a baller they got Alaba they got Sabitzer they got uh Poulsen right they have players that's what I'm saying Austria is good. Norway, I could. That's what I'm saying. I just named these brothers off the top. I'm not googling nothing. You can't do that with Norway, and that's why I asked Anthony. Odegaard is the captain, like we mentioned. Griezmann can influence a game in a multitude of ways. Do you think Odegaard gets away with getting criticism because he's not the superstar striker that scores goals? Yeah, that's why um, I put it on both both of them. I think uh, from Football Twitter, uh, specifically Arsenal versus Man City, I see Odegaard versus KDB debates. And if Odegaard is about to be compared to KDB, then we got to start looking at international stuff. And if he's not helping his world-class striker who's getting a goal per international game, then I would say it's on him because he has the ability to make all them other no-name players better. So it, it really is on him. That's his job, to make everybody score. He could feed it to the winger on the right left you know another midfielder not just Holland he's supposed to be a playmaker so uh, I think Odegaard a lot of it's on him too yeah and he has 53 appearances for the national team three goals so my man be cruise controlling he's he scored 15 for uh Arsenal in the league last year but yeah three and 53 appearances so hey I, that's why I'm like, hey, you can criticize Holland all you want. That nigga has 27 goals in 20, 28 games. Wow, you got a nigga that's played twice as much for the country and only has three goals, and he gets the moonwalk because he's quiet. Hey, man, I'm not blaming Holland because I don't think Mbappe and uh, Mbappe and Holland, when I look at their career, they're just trying to be like Cristiano. How many goals can you score? I don't look at them as that's why I always looked at it like Messi and Cristiano wasn't a race because they play in two different games. One nigga can do everything. One nigga can only score goals. So when I look at Holland and Mbappe, they just goal scores. I try to fuck with uh, Mbappe's abilities when he led La Liga, uh, Liga in assists the year when Messi and Neymar missed a lot of games. But you can tell when you go back and watch those games, they were easy. They were Cristiano easy assists, man. It wasn't really playmaking moves like you creating a chance out of nowhere. It's just making the obvious smart pass, which I'm not going to fault anyone for making the right play. But when you look at them and what they always want to do, come off the left and all that, hey, man, it is what it is. So speaking of Cristiano, my man is trying to get a thousand goals for his career, scored a brace recently. I think right now his total is at Eight. Let me look at it. Um, his actual total at this moment, he is at uh, where is he at? 
859 career goals. He wants a thousand because hey, goals is the only thing that matters to that boy. That's the only way he can claim he's the greatest. Claytis, you think he's gonna get that thousand? The start of the season, he's been informed, scoring goals, getting assists, just trying to be a team player. So I don't see a reason not. Um, again, the guy's in shape, he's in form, he's still playing more games than you expect him to play. So I, I don't see a reason as to why he doesn't get close to it. Um, he might be calling the time on his Portugal career after like this tournament, but who knows, man, we're going to see. Ephraim, when I watch Portugal play, it's so shameless. They have people like Rafael Leal, who are the best players of their country becoming runners for Cristiano to get these tapping goals. So I think they trying to make him get that a thousand, you know, by making <laughs> the other niggas not ball as much. Uh, even Jao Felix, that brother's a dope runner when he has to play for Portugal. All them brothers turn to weed carriers for Cristiano. Can he get the thousand goals, you think? You know he has the mentality. Yeah, I think he can, especially if you keep playing in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I definitely think he can, though. Um, and, and look, he's still balling for his national team. Didn't he have a, a hat trick, too, or just a, a brace yeah, he had? Yeah, he, you know him. He's going to get them goals. I think he has now over 160 penalties in his career goals. Yeah, he's balling. Oh, yeah. So, um, look, yeah, he's, he's he will obviously go down as the greatest goal scorer of all time, if not the greatest uh, footballer of all time, arguably. So, that's always going to be a debate, like LeBron and, and, and Jordan sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. it's only a debate to people that don't use their brain all the way, man. In some circles, yeah. That's, what I'm saying. <laughs> that's how I look at it. Yeah, I got you. Um, But, yeah, man, and real quick about that Holland thing, I'm just going to say this real fast. Uh, I'll... I said, I think I said this when we first started debating Holland uh, a while ago. Like, I'm cool with where he is. Like, he, he's a goal scorer. That's what he's supposed to do. He ain't he ain't Harry Kane. He ain't dropping into the midfield. He ain't trying to get 20, 30 touches a game. He's a goal scorer. If he ain't getting the feeds, uh, you know, the assists, you know, people um feeding him for the goals, then hey, it is what it is. It's not just on him, but I'll just say that for my piece with Holland. He's fine where he is. He keeps scoring them goals. That's what he's supposed to do. Uh, everything else needs to fall in place with 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 Norway. So, um, but yeah, Cristiano gonna get that, no doubt about it. Hey, then I want to say something before we move on from Portugal. Go ahead. A little bit, you know, anti, but in the current state, I don't see and I don't think Leal deserves to be caught up to the Portugal national team. Um, and that's be like from what I've seen in the past, hey, man, <laughs> past, past few years, bro. It's more so like his decision making, like has just. I don't know, like, compared to the team, like, I feel like he's not on the same level as everybody else. Because they make him play left wing back. That's my point. He can't play no, the no, way he wants no, to play because no, no, they got to no, do no, things for no, Chris. Yeah. You know the that truth. That boy be looking confused, bro. Uh, bro, he's, he's, no, bro. On the pitch, What happened when they, they scored? What happened in the World Cup when Cristiano didn't play and they scored six? That nigga was godly. What happened when Cristiano got subbed off the game and Leal came in and Cook instantly and scored? When Cristiano isn't there, that nigga is a baller. That's my point. A lot of oh, niggas, and that's my point with Cristiano and LeBron James. While Michael Jordan and Messi can play in the flow of a team game, LeBron and Cristiano need you to do everything to maximize them. And I don't think that's the greatest nigga ever. 
See, I'm gonna I would disagree with that because even in games where I can't disagree with that is the truth. Oh, Benzema, Benzema became I'm, a baller. I'm gonna have a point of view that's gonna we didn't be see the best of Benzema until Cristiano left. We don't see the best of how many players did you see the best of them with LeBron James? It's always before or after. It's the same thing with Cristiano. We didn't see the best of Benzema, Bale. Only niggas you see the best of was like Ozil because he's a passer. That's it. Go ahead. What I'm gonna what I'm gonna say is that from the game that I've seen of Liao playing for Portugal with or without Cristiano, his decision making has always been poor. Like you could look around the pitch, his decision making is poor, his passing is poor, his his commitment, his work rate is not at the same level. It has nothing to do with Cristiano. Cristiano, no. Like if you really yeah, even Cristiano, go. I'm gonna say this again: work rate. Bro. Cristiano yeah. work rate, what's that? Hey, it's, defensive bro, work rate. You, you could keep referring it back to Cristiano. That's okay, bro. That's his favorite player, right? How many Cristiano kids have high work rates defensively? Mbappe don't. Okay. Vinicius do, but that's because they've been programming that boy since he was 17 at Real Madrid. They make them boys runners. How many Cristiano kids are runners defensively? Name them. Mbappe ain't. Holland ain't. Everybody's in a uh, Cristiano kid, right? What defensive work rate they do? What defensive work rate was Cristiano doing this prime? That's why Benzema had to do all that running. We have to cut it out and stop acting like these kids are doing something that their influences didn't teach them. So in your defense, you're saying because Cristiano didn't run, didn't do this, this and that, that's why... Liao doesn't do this, this, and that. So, again, that proves But Liao that. for... Hold on, hold on. Hold on, no, hold on Portugal, on. Liao does. That's my point. I think he does because... He, he does that, that in Portugal? He be playing Portugal? Yes. Dan, did you watch them play this week? Yes. Did you watch them play last week? Yes, I did. I'll be That's watching him because I think... I think Portugal... Boy, bro, he made his decision-making... heroes, I think. They're going to help themselves back with Cristiano. Go ahead. Bro, all I'm saying at the end of the day, within this current team, Leao does not deserve to be called up at the moment because he doesn't provide anything different that the other individuals provide. Like, he is, yes, he has pace, but, like, at the end of the day, bro, like, you could slot Jao Felix in the, in the left. You could slide so many other people into that same position. They're just going to produce more. I don't see that Leao deserves a starting position or to be caught up in this current Portugal team. That's where I'm getting at. So you telling me Cristiano in 2023 does more to help a team win than Rafael Leal, right? So they so have who, to still... Yeah, so again, yes, I'm going to say that because... What is 39-year-old, that's what you're telling me. So None what, of these what kids Cristiano are good enough job? to what be is, the main man, right? Hold on, hold on. So, I, so what is Cristiano's job in that Portugal team? I think he shouldn't play anymore, personally. I don't think... That's, not what, I, that's not what I said, actually. What is Cristiano's job in that team? Like, what is what is his role in that team? Score the goals, get the glory. So goal. then what is, okay, what is Leal's, what is Leal's positioning job in that team? What is he being required to do? Everybody's job is to be a runner for Cristiano. Jao Felix, Bruno, you don't see the best of none okay, of these okay, okay. So then, so then if they're supposed to be runners, why, what is Leal's assist rate when he's supposed to be a runner for Cristiano? What is, what is his numbers when his job is to be a runner for Cristiano? What does he produce? I don't know nobody's so, assist rate because, you know, huh? we don't care about that in soccer. How many assists does Jao Felix and those boys have? Do you know that? I'm about to pull it up right now, man. Thank you. Look it up, because I don't know, man. I know Jao Felix played for Portugal over 30 times, only got seven goals. 
I know Rafael Leal has played 23 times. He only has three goals because only one nigga is allowed to score the goals for them. That's not how you play. The reason why Argentina can win a World Cup is because Messi knows how to get the best out of Julian Alvarez. He knows how to create chances for Higuain. It ain't about a one man winning everything. Y'all know that. It's not basketball. Yeah, you finding them assist numbers or is it is it just gonna be some imaginary shit on Twitter, man? No, no, we on a transfer market. I'm trying to pull it up. Lord, oh, go ahead. Yeah, we can move the transfer I'm, market. I'm, I'm, we'll come back on here. <laughs> I was about to say, man, I ain't gonna lie. He do hold back Bruno and Jata. You know, them none of them niggas can really be themselves because they have to make a senior citizen feel good about himself. They be looking for the give, uh, and I think that his last actions, like the way how he left last time, I kind of think that was like that should have closed that chapter because like that was that was very unprofessional, the way he dipped out on them just because you didn't just because you're not getting the minutes you want. Like if he gonna play, he need to come off the bench. Interesting that that behavior was foreshadowed before the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, man, you know the lifestyle. Anthony, how do you see it, man? Do you think Portugal should be still building their team around Cristiano so he can get his 1,000 goals? Uh, nah, but I kind of... um. This is actually doubling back to Clay's point about Holland not scoring big goals. I was gonna say, um, he since he follows the tree of Cristiano. When I first started watching the sport, and I would see Cristiano score like game winning Champions League goals, like comeback joints for like United, even Juventus, and I was like, yo, he's actually that man. Like, oh my gosh! So now that he's trying to get a thousand man. I don't know about building the team around him, but that man still gets goals. So I I don't see why um why you couldn't use him, but still use talents like Leal. <clears throat> and um I, I used to like Bruno Fernandez. Uh he, at, at sporting, he used to be a, a goal from a long distance. So I think uh to your point, Dan, um there's a there's a certain stunting going on with Cristiano out there that I think Portugal probably would be a little bit better if he wasn't there, but since he is, I don't, I don't see why you can't use him, man. I think y'all remember what he did in the world cup. That nigga was dead. They had to create a fake penalty just from the <laughs> score against Ghana. The most goals they scored was when Cristiano didn't play. This is the Euro qualification. Portugal didn't lose. They scored over 30 goals, only conceded two. The tournament starts next year. We'll see how it goes because I don't know, man. There's a lot of people that say the World Cup isn't as competitive as Euros because Europe is by far the best continent in the world for soccer. So it should be more competitive. But this 24 team format is kind of random. I've seen some people say they think they should make the Euros go up to 32 teams. Do you agree with that, Cletus, or do you think that dilutes the quality of the product? Um, that goes back to diluting the quality of product. Again, playing too many games, too many teams, um, not getting the best of the players. So I don't know. I'm kind of 
I'm kind of against it, but I, I'm open to seeing how, like, giving a test run, you know, at a World Cup, see how it goes. But I don't think we're going to get the best of the football that we're looking for. Marcus, do you think a 32 match or 32 team format would be better for Euros? I mean, Norway would finally get in, right? Yeah, yeah, easily. But um, be quite honest, isn't that what you said? That's what the World Cup got? Yeah, but you, you already know the World Cup is trying to expand to 48, man. It's coming. I was about to say, <laughs> bro, um, bro, I'd be burnt out, bro. Shit. I think New Zealand, that the FM dude said it's like 200 total games if you watch every match. So, like, come on, yeah. bro. I, them, we already got dudes about to strike. The players might looking like they about to strike because they playing too many games with the Champions League. So, I mean, they got to figure that out, man. We I know we want to get more teams in and put more as a fan. They probably want to, you know, have more TV. But man, shit, look out for these players a little bit, man. Or maybe start using the young, the young bucks in these tournaments. Well, yeah, I hear you, Ephraim. Do you think this burnout will continue? The battle between UEFA and FIFA over who is the most dominant continues to expand because we know the club world cup is now about to be like a 32 team tournament too so uh, what do you think about euros potentially being 32 teams man shoot a question is money still a thing I mean, because yes absolutely it's going to be a thing like like if, if as long as the money keeps flowing of course they're going to keep doing stuff like this i mean yeah, the World Cup, would you say 48 teams next the next one in 26? Uh th- they're going to probably do this. It's not it's not a question of if they're going to do it, which which zero are they going to do it in? You know, um the, the revenue from TV is just so big. And I mean, I think the Premier League is about to do another uh, a revamped deal with with uh with League One. I mean, that's excuse me, the championship in England. So I mean, if the money is coming in from TV revenue new if they can get more people more eyes on the tor- the, the product they're not going to care about about uh about player safety i mean they, they they any sport we watch that we watch in, in in any uh capacity they they care less and less about i mean they take longer to 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 address anything that has to do with player safety so i i don't see that with with uh world football either i hear that i hear that now, uh, there's rumors that uh, Messi has won his eighth Ballon d'Or. The official ceremony takes place on October 30th, so it's a couple weeks away. Um, do you guys and have any uh, opposition with Messi winning the Ballon d'Or, especially since Holland isn't this complete player, so no one should have a problem with the Liga MLS player winning it, right, because of a six-week tournament? Hey, would it be the first time? Well, the first nah, because there's been there's been times when people won the Ballon d'Or just for the World Cup. Uh, Ronaldo in two thousand two, he barely played for Real Madrid that year. He was hurt, and then he balled in the World Cup. He got the Ballon d'Or. Luka Modric basically did nothing. Twenty eighteen, he was hurt most of the club season, but he balls for Croatia. They make the final. He wins the Ballon d'Or. So there's been times that people have won the Ballon d'Or just because they bought in a World Cup. I think Rossi, the same thing for Italy in 82. 
uh, Lothar Matthias in 1990 for Germany. There's even, I mean, they gave Messi the Ballon d'Or because he bought in Copa America. So there's been I, people that won the I'm wild. I think it's wicked. I wasn't asking you that. I was asking, has it been an MLS uh, winner? <laughs> but I but I appreciate those statistics. Yeah, you know, no problems. But now nah, he would be the first. <laughs> he would be the first. Uh, you know, MLS person player to win the Ballon d'Or. But yeah, there's been people that win it just for one tournament. You know, but uh. <laughs> Anthony, do you have a problem if Messi wins this Ballon d'Or? Hey man, oh, it's a robbery. Yeah, it's a robbery. I'm a, I'm looking on in the face, eye to eye, man to man, people to people. If they end up looking at this due to our editors, Marcus and Ephraim, but it's a robbery. Okay, uh, it's going. It's just going to Messi because his name. But I was going to ask Dan, <clears throat> is it? common for the award to go to the winner of the world cup when the world cup is played and so now does that automatically make holland a loser by default because like you say you brought a modric like basically do they just give it to the to the winner because uh... that's yeah see so it just maybe the treble year happening the same year as messy world cup just deleted all that um so i can't you can't fight it you just gotta look straight history will People argue about it later on, years from now, be like, man, Holland could should have won it, but whatever. Give it to Messi. He's he he's automatically set himself apart. He's in the MLS now. He can't get it. I hope not. Hope they don't change the rules or nothing crazy. But he, he shouldn't be able to get it unless I'm mistaken next year. So <laughs> Holland Holland has a chance, or Kevin De Bruyne, you know, somebody, you know, it's, it's wide open now, y'all. Hey, I'm gonna be honest. Your, your favorite player may get it, Cletus. I'm gonna be honest. I actually would have put Rodri over Holland because last season Rodri was a tank for Spain yeah. and for for club. Yeah, yeah, he could get it. Yeah, Not messy though. 2018, like I said, Luka Modric won solely for the World Cup. 2014, Messi won, and he won Best Player in the world cup and his team lost in the final you know so but 2010 messi won the ballon d'or even though spain you know won the joint and i felt uh wesley schneider should have won the ballon d'or that year because he led the world cup in goals he won the trouble with inter he was balling but you know it is what it is i don't think i don't i don't think i have a problem with it because i know awards are politics anyways and yeah it fits the narrative because people are going to say Messi scored in the world cup final Messi scored in every knockout stage of the world cup while Mbappe are sorry Holland didn't score in the final he didn't score in the semi-final he didn't score in the FA cup final so that's going to pop up so you know like uh you said when you saw Cristiano he scored big goals and big matches game winners equalizers they're going to be like, hey, we didn't see nothing from Holland that last year. He just scored a lot of goals, but we don't like it. So, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. Cletus, you think Messi deserves this Ballon d'Or if the report is true? No, I don't think bro deserves it. But like you said, you know, it's the politics. Messi's still the – he's the guy you could bring home to your mom. So, you know, oh. he's, he's going to win those awards as as usual. Sound like a bitch. 
because he's a batch. Ah. Hey, I don't disagree with you there. I don't know the man personally, but he does seem a little, hey, man, you know, it's a little, little off. But hey, man, we all a little off, right? Hey, the count is seven, five, bro. Seven, five. Can, can you break that down? Oh, hold on. Most Ballon d'Or wins. Uh, Messi at seven. Ronaldo at five. You can, you can take three of those off of three. Messi. You could take eight, man. They both need some of them joints chopped off, but maybe that could be a special edition episode we do one day. We go through the 21st century, go through every Ballon d'Or winner and see if that was justified or not. That would be a fun exercise. I think Cletus and I have done it before back in the day, and we definitely took a couple from Messi, and I think I took one or two from Cristiano, but... (laughs) That was a three-day type of joint that we had going on in this week. For sure, but uh, you know, Marcus getting hot, man. That playoff time, MLS season is rocking. Sorry to your Atlanta Braves. I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but uh, Marcus's MLS minute is rocking. Playoffs are in motion, right? Yeah, but we getting super close, man. But some of you know, we 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 some of the teams did respect international duty. So our slate was light this week. We only had three games, man. We're gonna run through one of them because it was two teams that are not gonna make the playoffs. Colorado and um, who was it? Hold on, give me a second. Here. I think it was oh, in Dallas, that was a one-one um draw between the two, but the two other games we watched were LA Galaxy and RSL. This game was a makeup when it was a hurricane in um LA. I don't remember that, but hey, um LA popped that thing off. Got a guy go six minutes in. They had a nice little passage of play. I'm not familiar with who that striker is, but he did his thing. And um their second striker is Doug, uh, Diego Costa, and that brother is reviving his career to get a trip to Saudi next year because he got the second goal. That shit was beautiful, man. You would have thought 10 years was shaved out that boy. Um, But but before halftime, RSL goalkeeper, this guy named McMath, he did a crazy little say. He was one-on-one with, uh, what is it, again, uh, Diego did a nice little pass, and the brother was one on one with the uh with McMav. McMav did a crazy little he tripped, but he still made the save, and um uh, they went in two zip, and it's oh no 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 they didn't go in two zip because RSL got one in that that forty fifth minute of extra time, and that thing ended up being two one, um, and then at the seventy fifth minute. We get it. That's clutch save paid off because RSL got a second goal and ended that thing with a draw. Um, our second match was Nashville and New England. Nashville was trying to get this dub to get home. To try to get, they need two more victories. I think another play this weekend they'll get a home field advantage. Um, eighteen minutes in, Nashville was getting this thing popping. Um, they got the they got a first goal at the thirtieth minute. They got another goal. Guy 
with a name of Surridge, not Sturridge, Surridge. He got his first MLS goal. Thought it was pretty hilarious. Um, and then again, they get an they get a third goal from Mukhtar. He get a he get an assist to Surridge, and uh, they go in three zero. Had had forty ninth minute. New England get them subs in. They little young buck, the twenty five year old, and um. <laughs> He gets a goal outside the box, a little nice little beaut. And then the goalkeeper for Nashville leak and let a poacher go get in. But the New England did not have enough time. And they get up out of the 3 2. Nashville with that dub, man. One more. And like I said, they're going to have home field advantage. This weekend, we're going to have more games. In the Miami play tomorrow. Um, that game really don't matter. Them boys already eliminated. And next week, we're going to give y'all them final standards because this weekend, like Dan said, it's decision day, man. P -p Playoffs is start soon, man. But we up out of here. Nice. I appreciate that, Marcus. Uh, we have some matches, you know. International break is over. We coming back to club matches. The big match in England is... Uh, the London Derby, Chelsea versus Arsenal, will be played Saturday at 12.30 Eastern Time. Cletus, you guys are on fire. The match is at home in Stamford Bridge. You must be confident, right? I mean, we ended it, um, We went into the international break on a positive note, scoring mm -hmm. more goals, um, playing a lot more creative. Unfortunately... Raheem Sterling's ex-girlfriend died the other day, so I know he's not going to be playing or he's not going to be mentally prepared for the game. Um, still no Nkunku. Um, I know Jackson had a surgery recently, so I don't know if he's going to be 100% fit. Um, so I, I don't I don't see us, you know, posing a lot of threat, but I'm hoping that, you know, we come out the gate, show some fight since it is a London Derby. But I expect you guys to, to win the game. But, again, I hope that we put up a good fight. Yeah, I want us to win. Obviously, it's a rivalry. Um, if you guys know me, you know that I despise Chelsea United way more than Tottenham because I'm an American. And my friends, you know, we support winners. So no one's a Tottenham fan around here, you know. I know a lot of Chelsea fans. Cletus, one of them. I know a lot of United fans. You know, Ephraim's one of them. But uh, I want to beat Chelsea badly. I hope we win. We've done pretty well at Stanford Bridge recently, so I'm expecting a good result. I think it'll be a close game, though. Chelsea has improved themselves. Pochettino knows how to play well against Arsenal, you know. Uh, so I think it'll be a close game, but I'm hoping we get a 2-1 victory. Uh, Ephraim, what do you think from this match? Do you expect it to be a draw? Who, who are you leaning towards? Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I can't stand either one of these teams, but I hate Arsenal even more so than Chelsea. So, but I'm gonna have to go with my uh, an objective look and say, uh, Arsenal probably 3 1. Okay, okay, yeah, I think I think Chelsea will get a goal, maybe the first one, but then I think this, this is gonna be a wrap after that. Marcus, how do you see this London Derby going? All right, what's the major injuries on, on your side? 
Well, you know, with Arsenal, we got Thomas Partey playing right now. So that boy, I mean, Ghana got him playing. So I don't know. He might be leaning. Uh, everybody else is kind of good for the most part, except for Timber, of course. But, uh, you know, everybody else is back for the most part. I don't, I, I think it's going to, I don't think Chelsea going to keep that momentum. I do think they're going to score. I think that bug is over with. But I think they'll lose this one. So I'll go with um I'll go with 3-1 because if Martinelli coming out the bench again, I think he he got that bug on him right now. Like, damn, I gotta I gotta go to get my spot back. So yeah, I'll go three one. Oh yeah, Saka, I forgot Saka's still hurt, but they saying he's been all right, but I don't know. He he might not be all the way still. But uh Anthony, where do you lean in towards? I'm actually thinking that it's going to be a 2-2 match. Okay. Um, I can see uh, Chelsea actually getting a late equalizer. Nice. <laughs> if not, uh, if not Arsenal, I believe it's going to it's going to be like a late equalizer. Nobody's going to expect it. it's going to be like heartbreaking. Somebody's going to end up thinking they're winning, but it's going to be a 2-2 draw. So right now, there's another derby going on. It's the Hold is the build-up derby between City and Brighton, you know. Pep versus his favorite young homie versus Deserby and his favorite big homie. Uh, you guys know that these guys know how to defend each other and attack against each other. Do you think Brighton can cause an upset, Ephraim? My bad. Uh Nah, if they were playing at home, yeah, I think they would. I, uh, but nah, on the road, I don't think so. I think it may be like 2-1, but I think uh, City will pull out the win. Okay, okay. Uh, I think uh, I'll go with you also. I think this will be – actually, I think it'll be like 3-2. I think it'll be a shootout because, you know, no Rodri still, right? Or is he finally back, Anthony? Excuse He's me. Back. I'm... back. Uh-oh. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Never mind, 3-1 City. More control. I forgot that boy's back. Yep. Claytis, how do you see the build-up derby going? I mean, City is not consistent. They've been dropping points. Um, but Rodri's back. Oh, no, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> What'd you just see, man? What what just went across your TV screen? The, Ameri the American just scored. Let me roll my guy. Come on, we smoking Geo smoking on that gun of pack. Oh, it was him. Uh that's Blood, uh, hey, man. Did you see the build up? The build up. Hey, Marcus, wasn't that build up sweet though? Yeah, is that this? Man, hey, okay. That build up was nice. It was a nice build up. You know what you know what I'm gonna tell y'all? I'm not even watching that game. I'm watching Uruguay Brazil. You know, halftime just about to become halftime. Nunes scored 42nd minute. That's a real match that matters. They qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna into that. But um, I think the <laughs> game, I think it's gonna be it's gonna either gonna be a shootout or you know, Deserbia, one of them is gonna do something that's just gonna surprise the other one. But again, I just feel like with City going through a transition of like players and Pep being Pep, I think Brighton might might edge it. And again, Brighton kind of like plays a lot better when they're playing against top teams that are very tight minded who kind of like open themselves up. So we'll see. Oh man. Someone gotta take the bait. 
Marcus, you in the you in the derby too. You're playing Everton. You're not nervous about that, right? Said Merseyside. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous that they're gonna try to eliminate my player again. You thought we forgot. <laughs> trying to eliminate my dogs, man. No, but if they going out there with Calvin Lewis, <laughs> there's no fear from in my heart on that, bro. You brother, that brother's washed. They got a lot of washness. I just don't if, if we get them out the way early, like you said, new name score, maybe that that can come to fruition in the club. So yeah, we not really we're not really spooked to them boys, but they're gonna get up. They're gonna play up. They're not to think about it. Pick for still on that team. <laughs> yes. Get the, come on, man. We might have to send we might have to send Nunez at him. Oh man. <laughs> Ephraim, you guys play Sheffield United. That should be an easy victory, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I mean, it should be, but I mean they're one of the worst teams in the league this year. Um it should be, but you know, given United's uh, recent, you know, form, who knows? Uh, I say 2-1. Um, I think they'll score uh, and make it kind of funky. Um, but I think we'll pull it out at the end. But uh, it won't be – I don't know. I would like to be easy, but I, I just don't see it. For sure. Now, it's that time of the show, guys. My, uh, you know, my champagne move of the week. I got to give it to my boy, Gareth Southgate. He decided to drop Eddie and Ketia today so he can still play for Ghana, y'all. Hey, we desperate. We need help. Shout out to you, Southgate, for keeping that Eddie and Ketia window right open for Ghana because we need strikers. Anthony, what's your champagne move of the week? Got to do it to him. Uh, I like... You, you know, I'm a Musiala fan, so I liked his, um, what was it, this? It was the third goal that Germany scored against the U.S. that he danced mm -hmm. um, at the top of the box, and then it ricocheted off his thigh for, like, a um, random bounce to the striker that crossed it back to him. I think that was beautiful. Just as uh, his dribbling, that was a champagne for real. The show. Ephraim, what's your champagne move of the week? I'm going to give it to Harry Kane on that third goal, only for that stiff arm he put on uh, Bastoni uh, <laughs> for that last, last goal he scored. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's my move of the week. Hey, shout out to you, Ephraim, because that was my champagne goal of the week. You got it out the way for me already. You know the game. <laughs> Marcus, what's your champagne move of the week? I mean, my move, the goal. It's Captain America, bro. My boy hit hit him with that whoop, and then went inside, and then went top corner, top bin shit. So, yeah, man, I'm giving it to that. I dig that, Claytis. What's your champagne move of the week? Uh, my move is gonna go to Julian Nagelsmann because he put his fit on and and it was hitting, but he said <laughs> my fit is lit. That's why they want to donate it to charity. So, yeah. shout out to my boy, man. Keep Salute, man. I almost Fashion give it forward. to him too. <laughs> Fashion forward, man, and and showing love to the community, man, for sure. Now, Ephraim already referenced my champagne goal of the week. Y'all know Terry Kane has talked about maybe potentially being an NFL kicker in the future, but like Ephraim said, hey, he had that Jerome Bettis stiff arm, y'all. 
for that goal. He said, watch out, man. So horse coming through, bam. With the brace, they beat Italy 3-1. That was a good match, by the way. But uh, shout out to Rashford. He scored, too. Uh, Anthony, what's your champagne? My boy, he's like... <laughs> he scores, though. He scores. That's all that matters, right? We, we could drag this episode out for, for hours, but I got company coming. Yeah, me too. I got to make a movie. <laughs> My bad, Anthony. What's this shit they go to week? <laughs> nah, it's all right. Uh, I really don't have one for real. Can't say I had any champagne sites. Didn't watch that much besides the U.S. Germany. So I hear you. I ain't, I ain't mad at you, man. International week breaks can be boring. Ephraim, what's your champagne goal of the week? I'm changing mine. I, I was gonna say Pulisic, but now, now I'm gonna say Rashford just because of that slight that Clay just said. So, yep, Rashford. Why not? Hey, I ain't mad at you. You got to feed that propaganda. You got to support the team at all costs. Hey, uh, Ephraim, wasn't he uh, assisted by Phil Foden for that goal? Yeah, he might have been. I think, yeah, yeah. They, wing yeah, to wing, they, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got friends. That, he had that eye. <laughs> they real cool with each other, though. So. Yeah, you see how quick Anthony said he only saw U.S. Germany until Foden did something. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, That's right. Son, man. Hey, man. That fact just came across my timeline. It just came across my timeline. Oh, where did it just hit your algorithm? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I feel you, man. The way you feel about Foden is how I feel about soccer. Those are our young brothers we saw grow, man. And yeah. shout out to Foden. He is doing his thing. Um, My bad. Marcus, what's your champagne goal of the week? Hey, I I, I got a sub. Um, my, <laughs> I want to say I want to say my goal is the Pulisic, but my move, uh, <laughs> I forgot what it was already, but yeah, uh, I want to do that swap, though. Yeah, Pulisic, my goal, though. Yeah, y'all was hey. so happy to score first. Hey, man, that joint was funny. Hey, had me lost. Hey, man. <laughs> Cletus, what's your champagne goal of the week? Yeah, I'm going to give it to the guy that y'all say don't be scoring for Portugal because they have to feed Cristiano. Um, so I'm going to give it to Bruno Fernandez. That that volley over the top, that one touch. Yeah, that was that was a crazy, that was a crazy finish. And look at y'all, y'all down already. Hey, man. At least I at least I show love to my nation. We, we we never talk about the Togolese national team, huh? You know, I watched them, but if you want me to speak on that embarrassment, I'm welcome to. Uh, well, maybe next in the national break. We don't need that headache. But uh <laughs> shout out to Adebayo. He retired. You know, a lot of boys are retiring this year. We might need to make a retirement all-star team, you know. Uh but uh in the club this week with me to follow the theme, Cletus, I'm bringing I'm bringing Cristiano's bodyguards, all the Portuguese national team drinks on me. I know y'all thought a national break was going to be easy, but you have to work harder for the national team than y'all do at the club. So all drinks on me. You know, like I said, Gareth Southgate, I'm bringing him with me too. Thank you for not using Eddie and Ketia because we need strikers badly at Ghana. We need help. That's who I'm in the club with this week. Anthony, who are you in the club with? I'm with Rodri, man. I'm 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 giving him orange juice. I'm celebrating that he's back on the pitch, and uh, I'm waiting to start this 15 game win streak that City's cooking up right now. So mm -hmm. I dig that. Ephraim, who are you in the club with? 
I'm gonna bring in Anthony's boy Holland because he's getting a lot of hate right now for 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 you know not bringing his team into the Euros without going to a playoff. I'm gonna bring some sympathy drink. You know? Yeah, I was about to say Ephraim is going to be a psychiatrist in the bar that night. He's gonna be trying to unlock <laughs> his psyche. I feel you. And just let him just let him know it's gonna be all right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, keep scoring goals, bro. Keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Ah <laughs> uh, man, that's what's up. We all need a positive influence in our life. Play this. What's going on, man? Who are you in the club with? Yeah, um, tell the Guardian community to meet us at Rose Bar. I'm pretty sure y'all gonna need a few drinks. So <laughs> just, just come out to, to Rose, bring the swipes. You, you know? know. And then by the way, my man's at the Ghana game. I, I'm trying to get him on a pitch. I told him I'll give him a stack if he runs on a pitch um before halftime. So be on the lookout for that. Uh Marcus, who <laughs> you in the club with? Claytus is trying to create. Really just try to create a brothers getting smoked on the online soon. Okay. I like that. Yeah, getting okay. put in jail for the night. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, I, oh yeah. I want to go with oh yeah. I finally remember. Yeah. Um my champagne move, it was it's Julio signing with the Eagles. God, you are trolling me to the highest of levels. Um, and I'm in the club with the Braves, especially Ronald Acuna, bro. You can say no comprehendo every time they keep asking you what the fuck happened. And we just going to drink our sorrows away until we get us a new picture. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, this was a fun episode. Neymar's hurt again. He had, he got subbed off. Oh, yeah, the person that threw the popcorn at Neymar? That, that, you could be my secondary champagne move also. Oh, you was man. too precise, dog. That nigga had to walk back out there. Oh, Balagun. Oh, we smoking you motherfuckers tonight. Hey, can we bring in the U.S. for just for right now in the club for this 3-0 uh, stomping? Oh, you moment? guys are taking pride in beating a third world country? Don't you guys do that every year? Don't hey, you guys bro, do that you every day? We, are. we conquerors. Yeah, I know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The goalie fell down, bro. It was a wide open goal. Come on, let, let, let's stop that. This is a Didn't wide I open tell goal. you that boy is sketchy? Didn't I tell you we should go get that boy from Denmark, from Netherlands? Hey, man, I think. Hey. Camavinga look alike. We need all we can get. Right, we did all we can get, y'all. So, like, yeah, whatever. Shout out to the U.S. They overthrew our government in 1966 and made us a shithole. And now they whooping our ass over 50 years later. Some things never change. Hey, this was Champagne Soccer. <laughs> we'll be back next week. And before we dip, what do we do with to third world countries, Marcus? Hey, man, keep the pinkies up. Oh, all right. <laughs> we, uh...